Hello and welcome. Greetings, podcast listeners. This is your host, Robert, in the studio here in beautiful Sedona, Arizona. I hope you're all doing well. I think of you often and suddenly had some things to say. I did a pretty long YouTube video today, too. If you want to check that out, I'm working on uploading it right now. It's kind of a huge file. I would love to hear what you think about it. And you can find me on YouTube, uh, A Quiet Mind TV. The links for that, too, should be on aquietmind.com. So a little bit of self-promotion there. Just want you to check that out, and I want to encourage you to go there and subscribe as well, because I'm going to be putting things up there from uh, some thoughts that I'm having around this concept of awakening, what it is to be awake, enlightenment, what it is to be enlightened. And the two are going to kind of resonate with one another, but the opportunity to speak to you on a microphone in my studio compared to having a camera should have different results. So I'm curious about that. So to get back to the subject, what the heck is being awake? So when I started doing this podcast, you could say, well, you know, I'm awakened and people would, or I'm awake and people would say, well, obviously are you, you're not asleep. You're not in bed. You're, you're awake. Your eyes are open. You're functioning. You're doing things. No, no, I'm awake to X, whatever that might be. Could be, you could be awoken to the fact that there are, is corruption in politics and government, that not all people are treated equally, that not all, um, Governments are fair, what you know, whatever you want that uh, government is hiding secret information about underground alien layers and that uh, there's a secret society that's actually controlling the world and there are only five people that are doing that. <laughs> so I, I may laugh, but, you know, there are a lot of people out there that take this seriously. Uh, maybe in my path and in my way, I don't put a lot of attention on that. I used to put a lot of attention on those things. Sasquatch, you know, Bigfoot, ghosts, um, government conspiracies, etc. And there's nothing to say, there's no one to say that that's right or wrong. The point I'm trying to bring to this podcast right now to share with you is what I feel that means to be awake. What does that mean? Am I awake? That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> Obviously, I'm here talking and I'm not asleep. So that means that I am awake from my sleeping time. So really what I want to share here is that uh, awakening is not the beat-all, end-all. To awaken doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be free from all of your sorrow, all of your suffering, all of your troubles. Being awake doesn't mean that your life is going to change and 
you're going to only experience bliss. Being awake doesn't mean that the world is going to quote-unquote change and be a better place. Being awake is actually a very simple thing, but I'm speaking from my own personal experience of what some may call what an awakening is. And that being the adventure, the journey, the path of no path to discovering my quote-unquote true nature. And what does that mean? What is anyone's true nature? Well, there are many teachers out there that will point you to that. They say that that last phase, that phase of your own awakening or enlightenment or self-awareness, however you want to put it, can't be taught, that it can be, it can be pointed to, but you, you can't teach something like that. The person has to have their own awakening to the innate wisdom that had always been there and always will be there, and that is, is simply a constant of the universe and the nature of the way this benevolent force, this conscious, awake, bliss energy operates. And the awakening is the aha moment, or one of many aha moments, one of possibly many awakenings, or what we call enlightenments along the way, would be to reach this point where maybe we have a practice. Maybe we don't. Maybe we have a practice where we sit and we meditate. I have a practice, uh, what I do, but it's a non-practice. And I don't mean that in a sarcastic way. I mean that I started like a lot of people, right? I started by following other people and other methods from organizations in the how-to of meditating and what you were supposed to gain from this supposed meditation. One of them being at one with the universe. Okay, God realized, self-aware, enlightened, awake. Okay, awake was also put into that category, kind of lumped together. So that word, awake, here's what it means to me personally. The word awake means that at one point there was part of this consciousness that had layered over the innate wisdom, the perennial wisdom, the knowing without knowing, the knowing without words, just naturally being this conduit for awareness, consciousness, and bliss. We all started out that way. This is what we are, really. We're a conduit for this energy to come through. And the awakening process is really just remembering that we had it all along. We've always been this. We have been nothing but this. As a matter of fact, the energy that surrounds everything here, we might call it space, this space is conscious, it's aware, it's benevolent, and we're all in that, and we're all of that. 
we're the stardust, right? We're also the mud puppies. <laughs> okay. We're the, we're the little flowers, the, the lotus flowers down there in the mud, reaching our heads out up toward the sun and the sky and the surface of the water. And we could say that that is our goal. That is our destiny. That's why we're here. We're here to all become awakened. Okay. What's the other part of that process? What is awake? Knowing the true nature of being. That's one part of the process. The other part of the process is seeing and knowing, not just theoretically, but viscerally, that we are all one. This is all one thing happening. There's only an illusion that we're separate in our own little body vehicles, driving along, minding our own business, collecting stuff, and eating cake. It's, it's all one thing happening. That's another part of what I would call an awakening. An awakening that... In, if there ever was a search for the divine, for God, for union with the divine, for union and being at one with the universe, that that search had always really been in vain because there was never anyone to, that needed to reconnect to that. That what is searching is who we are. We are actually that source, that energy, that benevolent, loving awareness. That's an aha, right? That's an awakening. Aha, <laughs> right? Another thing, you can point to it. Once it happens for a person in their own individual practice and way, and those are limitless, not one is bad, not one is right or wrong in my book. I just happened to stumble upon this doing what we would call walking meditation in nature. That's how I stumbled upon that. The rest of it was kind of a unpacking, repacking, what I call chop wood, carry water, you know, and that for me, that pop was extremely powerful. And it really was like setting a top, you know, a little toy top off its rotational axis. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. So you could call me, you call everything becoming destabilized and there being years of coming back to stabilize, stabilization, back to that, that balancing point that was already there and had really never left. The thing that had become destabilized, unstabilized, whatever the word is, you know my grammar, not so hot. That thing seeing for itself that it never existed, it did take some time to get things stabilized, so to speak. And that was another, what you would call, awakening. That striving for this individual enlightenment, that this being, this Robert, needed enlightenment to find peace and contentment and serenity. So the Robert sees that it doesn't exist. That's another way to say awakening, right? Many awakenings, many enlightenments. I don't exist. I never did exist. This just was a concept. Well, that's all wonderful. 
And in that moment, there can be in that process a great relief. And that relief being, oh, I can drop this mask or these social masks, masks because this person doesn't even exist. That person's past, all of, all of its worries, all of its hopes, all its desires, all of its dreams, all of its struggle, all of its suffering, poof, boom, in one moment. Completely, absolutely absent, gone. Foof. And the lightness that one experiences from that and the bliss is absolutely overwhelming. Oh, well, I haven't had that bliss, so I never will get that. I've heard a lot of people say that. Well, that's just another component of the mind telling you, hey, don't look. <laughs> don't look behind the curtain to see who's really running this whole thing. Okay, don't don't peek back here. No, no looking. Don't look. Don't look for that, which your way-seeking mind is, you know, just resonating with. I'm no special sunflower. It's... I don't have something that you don't have. I've said that many, many times. I'm just here to talk and to say from my heart with all, with all just a pure compassion for empathy and in my own struggle of suffering and striving and how hard I work to try to escape this mind to find something better, you know, and I've mentioned it before, all of the desires, wants, needs, and opinions and ideas that we've collected along the way, on this route, on this path, on this journey of life, if there is an objective there or a goal for peace or happiness or contentment, any of those things, as I've always said, look at what you're willing to let go of to be able to rest, to come home in that ground of being and in knowing you're being not only held by this benevolent force that you are that we all are that and what's happening on the exterior we definitely can't change and i've said before uh trying to create this idea that in this utopian society if everyone is kind and loving and compassionate and and awakened and enlightened that it will be this dream world to live in and we'll all be here in peace and harmony. And that's our destiny and our purpose and our drive and our goal. Okay. I'm not one to point fingers and say that that's wrong. You know, it's like the John Lennon song. Imagine, right? You either love it or hate it. I happen to love it. I think it's amazing. The message is absolutely incredible. The questions that are asked are questions we all ask. Well, maybe not all of us. There are some people that are, quote-unquote, completely asleep to the idea that there's anything beyond the visceral, physical, material experience that we're having. There's nothing uh, mystical going on here. There's nothing uh, that is the polar opposite of all of the materialism and the selfishness and the ego-driven society. That there's nothing on the on the other side of that. There's nothing on the other side of me as a person. It, 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 is there? <laughs> yes, if we look, if we're willing to be able to look, like I said, behind the curtain, take a take a look behind who the operator is here, who's driving this, 
and to understand that, yes, we are this benevolent loving force and things seemingly are very chaotic and out of control. But when we look beyond that and we look deeper and we go beyond those thoughts, opinions, ideas, and concepts, and we reach this place within ourselves where we take that journey from from heart to mind and that heart begins to open up. We begin to have compassion and love for this being pointing at myself, for this being and its struggle, its struggle to find that kind of experience from the crazy, chaotic, material world and all the people that are in it that look on the surface like, hey, they're just out for themselves. It's me, me, me. And what do I need? I need love. I need acceptance. I need understanding. I need a guide. I need some help. I I'm suffering, I'm in pain, so I look for that outside, and I look for years, and then maybe I develop a habit where I start to say, you know what, these people are doing it to me, this whole thing is doing it to me, okay? It's not my fault, it's not my fault if if these people would only be more kind, or if this person would be more understanding, or if this political group would have some compassion, or the bank would have empathy with me that's wishy thinking, right? So another awakening is when you realize that your expectations that you have might be unreasonable. Not to say that they're not heartfelt with you or that they really, it really would make a difference if people treated you with kindness and love and compassion, But the expectation that the whole world is going to awaken to that, well, that's a beautiful dream. That's a utopian concept. I can't say that that's not going to happen or we can't create that or that's not our destiny. That's not the point here. The point is, what can I change? I can't change the whole world tomorrow. I have to go to work. I have to engage with a lot of people. That's what I do in my job. I go to work and I engage with a lot of people and uh, I, I can't stop them from being who they are. I can't, I can't ask them, can you please be kind? Can you, can you give me a safe place here? I can't do that. What can I do? What can I do? If I am really without a goal that ever, that everyone else in the whole world needs to change around me for me to be able to feel at peace and content and be content be treated fairly, that's not going to happen. Be treated with understanding, that's that's probably not going to happen for me tomorrow. Some people will, and I resonate with them, and I appreciate it. But is it my right to treat them any differently from people who, who don't acknowledge that with me or treat me with kindness, compassion, empathy, and love? Does it all need to be good, good, good? And, you know, listen, you stay away from me if you've got a bad attitude. Keep it over there because I have my blissful space here and you're intruding upon that. I've worked really hard to create this blissful space and this right attitude and this positivity. (laughs) You stay over there. You stay away from me. As a matter of fact, everybody stay away from me that's not jibing with my vibing. You know what I'm saying? Okay, that's totally unreasonable. Like I said, I appreciate... The, the 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 basis of that and the fact that we 
do do work on ourselves and that we would really like to have this symbiotic relationship with the rest of humanity where we're treated at the same level that we're at in our own personal understandings and all the work we've done. So let's not get into that fake it till you make it super spiritual type person, right? Without making sure that we've gone down into the basement of our house and cleaned out the rat poop (laughs) and stuff down in there where we don't want to go. And of course, like Ramana Maharshi said, you know, when you take out the trash, you're not going to start to pick through it. Once it's taken out, you're not going to go back to the trash can and start to look through every piece of it and bring it back into the house and, you know, wonder about it. that It's been taken out. But if you never discover that there is trash in there that needs to be taken out, what's going to happen? That's another awakening where you understand, okay, wow, I can't bypass this stuff and fake it till I make it. I've got to go down deeper and make sure that I've done the work here, you know, that I've, I've uh, faced the demons. I've, I've looked at the shadow side and I've, I've uh, let that come up. I'm not, I'm not skipping over that part. And as I've always said, depending upon where you are within your developmental stages and understanding yourself in your own psyche, always get help. If this gets too hard, don't go at this alone. We all have different levels of personal trauma that we've gone through. And some of them are actually, they're just unspeakable, right? So don't just take my word for it. Whatever it is you have gone through, you like I said, it's a critical assessment. You always have to take a couple steps back and say, maybe I can't go this alone. I can't go this deep. That's not safe. You have to understand your own limitations and remember those and honor that and stick with it. Because like I said, we've all had different levels of trauma. Mine was, you know, at this level, yours may be at this level. <laughs> so I'm not, I can't be preaching at you. Just because I was able to look at this stuff on my own through my own investigation doesn't mean that's right for everyone. So just remember that. Another awakening is to understand your own limitations. And it takes courage to be honest with yourself at this level. And I know you can do that. And that's what I'm here to support. Because I understand, I really do believe we all have the same wishes or goals. You know, even though ultimately we want to create a, a, a practice of no practice, right? A goalless practice. That's the tippy top, right? That's, that's where you have had your own individual experience of the ground of being, true nature, the absolute, whatever you want to call it. You've had that, that, that awakening, which is another type, right? That awakening goes something like this. Oh my God, (laughs) it's all perfect. It's always been perfect. I'm perfect. The whole thing is perfect. It's balanced. It's absolutely perfect and beautiful just as it should be. That whole thing being everything that we're observing, all arising phenomenon that's observable in our universe is seen as perfection held by a benevolent energy that we don't really understand but we are that that's the other thing we know we are that okay another way to wake up is is an understanding that that 
that's a power. The power of understanding that this is a divine energy and we are that. It's, it's the thing that's seemingly creating all of existence. And now we can get locked into that and create as we need to. And that's beautiful. But there is another awakening along that part of the path as well. And that is that there's no longer any self-concern. So that way, once tapped into this power, everything that's done in creation from that level of understanding is now not about you. It's not about you and what you need and what you want. It's not about that. That's that other pop that happens. And just a note that I mentioned also in the video on YouTube was what I wanted to share with you is these these um, inconsistencies, you might say, in being able to share with you via the podcast and also YouTube in these places. I want you to understand that when I had this awakening, uh, like I said, my whole life was literally just thrown out of balance. Um, it just certainly wasn't what I expected it to be. I thought this was going to be the the pinnacle that I reached where from then on out, my whole life would be absolute bliss and perfection. Yeah, well, it didn't turn out that way. And I started pretty quickly sharing with you December 2005, I think was my first podcast. It was right before Christmas. So I started sharing that and I had to get clear and it took a long time. It took a long time to reach this level of clarity because there was so much perfectionism around it and so much, so much of an opinion and judgment on how and why I should share and what I should say. And what was the motive? What did I want out of it? Was there anything left over there? So that process and it, that, that has come to this fruition is that I understood that, that I loved everything. I loved the earth and the, and the, and the people and every being, uh, every star, all the planets, everything. I'm just in love with it. I absolutely love it like a child. I was taking a, a walk around um, the cinder cone that's behind our house. And as I was walking along, I saw a velvet ant. And it's a black, large, it's not like a tiny ant. It looks like a, a wasp, really. And um, I saw it there. And it, you know, it has a kind of amber velvet covering around its behind, you know. And I just looked down at this and I just was completely speechless. My mind stopped. Everything stopped. And I was just looking at this creature and, and I thought, what a gorgeous creature. And I felt, just was so in love with it. And I had been, you know, walking for me and being in nature is to me the, the real beautiful teaching. Um, and what I got from that was that the reason that I'm doing this, that I'm sharing now, is because of my love for you, for little velvet ants, for rocks, for dolphins, for people, for the planet, for waterfalls, whatever, for everything. My love for that 
is so deep and I care so much. There's so much empathy there and compassion. When I see an animal suffering, I'm, I don't even think twice I'm going to help that animal. When I see people suffer, there wasn't that same immediacy. There was a process that I had to go through, which I'm getting to is another awakening. That process was knowing that everything is absolutely perfect and in balance, that there's no one to awaken. Everything is only one thing happening. It's absolutely beautiful. We're all here. This is a lot like a movie, but it's not. <laughs> you know, the emotional attachment to it is absolutely visceral, right? Everything we see, everyone we're involved in, there's the tendrils of the mind and the heart being activated, you know, being stimulated, emotions flying, thoughts, feelings, passions, desires, anger, frustration. All of these things are just firing off, you know, like nanos in nanoseconds. This beautiful feeling vehicle that we're in that's able to express itself in a myriad of ways and feel everything, right? Just you can feel the air with, the, with your hands turned up, your palms facing up. You can just, you know, just that, you know, rubbing your fingers together, the sensations are absolutely vivid and alive, and everything is that. And everything has that same energy flowing through it. Awareness. Awake, conscious bliss. Love. That's running everything, believe it or not. It's in control of the whole thing. That's what I think. That's what I believe. Another aha, aha. So then if everything's awake and everything's perfect... And I see that, and I know that all, all of this is enlightened mind, all of it. Then no one is suffering. Aha, but they are. <laughs> That's the other part of it. They are suffering, and there is love there, and there is the absolute um, knowing that there must be a response. My, res my response is to once again do my best and share this with you, reminding you of who you are, where you came from, why you're here. There doesn't need to really be a purpose. If there is a purpose, it's to learn to love each other. <laughs> that, that, could, that could be the purpose. Um, and that another, that's another part of being awake, is knowing that even though this cognitive mind and this, you know, skeleton bone vehicle blood machine that I'm in with a brain in its head, even though that thinks it knows what everything is and knows what love is, has the opportunity to be able to experience and express duality, <laughs> which is actually making everything very interesting. A lot of people say, go beyond the, the, the dual, abide in the non-dual awareness. Sure, I've done that. I've made it a practice to do that for many years, uh, very devoted to that. And it's absolutely beautiful to abide in that non-dual and to just be this conduit for the loving awareness, 
right? But here's the thing. This is a universe of dualities, paradox, humor, change. And that is an interesting experience. An experiment, if you will? A learning place? I don't think so. I don't know. There's no real ultimate answer to this. There's no finish line. All I can do is just, once again, share from my own direct personal experience that because I know the difference between right and wrong, and I know that there's no real reason to have that thought in my mind, and then I can make my focus non-dual, abiding in the non-dual awareness, letting this whole thing spin out as it is in perfect love, or I can engage in it. I can create, I can engage, I can reach out, I can have love, I can have emotion, I can have compassion, I can have empathy. And then I can act from that. And that's really the choice that was made. And that wasn't something I consciously made, it was made for me. So that's how I'm engaging with you. That's my motive now. Those are my goals. After all these years, it's goalless, but the motive is I'm simply here to share this with you and remind this because I care. Because from my heart, I have to reach out. Because I'm in love with this. This is amazing. I'm fascinated by its complexities and the art of it all. And the human drama and what our opportunity is here. Maybe rising to that highest possible potential of being a human is really just to awaken to these things that I've mentioned and then step aside and just let this thing move you. And to know, to know when it's doing that, it's always here now in this moment, I can change the way I'm thinking and processing things. I can let go of opinions. I can do the work on myself. I can take out the trash, so to speak. And when I'm doing all of that work, I can reach these levels of understanding for myself, myself where I can say I, it's, it's an awakening to a deeper wisdom. And the simplicity of that, somehow it gets lost in most of the teachings that I hear out there. And I'm not saying I'm better than them. I'm just saying I feel it gets lost about how simple it is. Not only that, about how it already is happening. Everything already is awake and perfect and enlightened. Only thing broken about an individual is really the way they're perceiving, the way they're thinking, what their thinking habits may be. Those things all can be changed. They can all be worked on. And my process was walking meditation in the wilderness. My teacher was the mountain, um, the snow, the sound of the snow. When I walked, that was my aha. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Please send me an email if you have any questions at all. And uh, be well.